Time is one of those things that, I, that you have to value because none of us know how much we have it. And what you choose to do and use it with um, is unique to you. This is Gaining Altitude. Conversations worth navigating. Hello, I'm Jamar Harrison, and this is the Gaining Altitude podcast, a series led by Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian that tackles conversations worth navigating and connects people across the globe. In today's episode, Ed and his guest, philanthropist and professional athlete Larry Fitzgerald, talk about social responsibility and using your voice for the greater good. We're excited to have you join us. The thing we love about Larry is that you're a great person, you're a philanthropist, you're an investor, you're a businessman, you've got a wide range of interests that you've cultivated over time. And starting this year, you've become an advisor to me and our team here at Delta. So welcome to the Delta family Thank as, you so as much. part of that, Larry. Uh, Larry in 2016 was named Walter Payton Man of the Year for his humanitarian efforts, which in the football world is, that's, that's a huge honor. I don't know, that may be one of the best honors. You probably ever ever received. It's hands down the best honor. And um, going through the process, uh, I was nominated one time prior to actually winning it. And going through the process, getting to know Connie, uh, his wife, and Jared and Brittany, his son and daughter, um, and you really get to see what Walter Payton embodied, what he stood for, what his ethos was all about, and it has made it so. It just touched me so deeply um, to be able to be associated with some of the great men who have won it um, prior to me and seeing some the, the great tradition that is uh, presented after uh, I have you know teammates like Calais Campbell and Anquan Bolin and Kurt Warner men that I just so so respect um, you know it's truly the, the greatest accomplishment um, that I've ever achieved and um, you know I'm I'm just I'm just honored. I'm not yeah. sure if there's many people that were because I also know you were in the top hundred. The NFL 100, yeah. as they celebrated a couple of years ago, the 100 top players of all time mm -hmm. to, to recognize the 100th anniversary of the NFL. Yeah. I'm sure you're in very small company. <laughs> you might be the only person. I'm sure Walter was in there. Uh, Walter was in there. There was a there was a few there was a few others, but, but um, uh, that's a, that's that's to be a great person and a great player. That's uh, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean it's. I've been very fortunate, and I and I could trace it all back to my parents. They made a lot of sacrifices, my brother and I, to you know try to be a great example and teach us some um, some some great traits, and uh, you know always remain humble and you know be caring to others. You know, it's just pretty simple philosophies, but you know when applied well, I think it it bodes well. One of the things we want to talk about is your foundation, mm -hmm. and I know this morning you were over at South Atlanta High School. Uh, speaking to the kids, I understand their team just made the playoffs and mm -hmm. you were giving them some inspiration, but more importantly, you were giving them some tools. Tell me about what you did and uh, how that experience went. Well, first, it's, it's an honor to be able to go and talk to young people that are that are playing college, or high school sports. And I think for me, like the high school experience is the most authentic. It's not about the money or anything else. It's about playing for school pride and playing with people you really, really love and enjoy being around your, your high school classmates. And to be able to sit there and talk to those young, those young men about not only just the importance of, of sport and how I want to do how I want to see them do well um, going into the playoffs but just what it means to be great citizens and um, working hard in the classroom and you know being community um, servants and all of the things that are very very important um, you know when you're 16 17 18 you're really building for the future and so to be able to go over there and talk to them was, was great um, now they're 10 and one right now they, they're playing against uh, um, uh, I think Westside High School um, 
on Friday, and um, I, I think they're I think they're gonna have a chance to win the state championship. I'm That's pulling awesome. for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me more importantly, though, what you did for the investment in the, the kids' lives and the technology investment that you made. So uh, something with my foundation we've always tried to do is try to bring technology into schools. Um, it's the one thing that you, when I go to affluent schools and you go to um, schools who are predominantly in um, underserved communities, um, you know, there's a big technology disparity, uh, discrepancy. And um, I wanted to bring that to the school and, and allow the kids to be able to have, you know, all the access they want. And so they can research, they can take it to the art class uh, to do drawing, they could take it to the computer class, they want to hook it up to read the music and, and play the electric guitar or whatever their dreams or hopes are is, is very mobile and I really like that, that it could be moved around and last year during the pandemic when a lot of kids were not able to go to school, some of the, some of the tablets were able to be taken home, we would give them um, uh, Wi-Fi connection so they can still be able to participate when they were at home and so it was great and I love the versatility of it and uh, I mean I hope we can work together on, on uh, serving some more schools here in, in the that. local area. We're going to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, tell me about COVID. How, how was COVID for you? It was difficult. Um, you know, obviously it, it was a big change for our, our nation, our the entire world. And um, fortunately, you know, my family for the most part was able to stay pretty healthy. Um, you're able to spend, you know, a lot of time together, mm -hmm. um, you know, really being able to like kind of dive into the things that are most important to you. And I think all of us can attest that our families are something that are, um, are very important to us and be able to spend that time with the kids and, you know, going over like second grade math and um, seventh, seventh grade Spanish and all the things that I'm really, really not good at, you know, I was stretched and, um, but it was fun, you know, I just remember vividly just playing chess with the kids and, you know, having Uno games and my, my middle son Apollo always cheating um, and we, we set the rules and he always tried to deviate from the rules and uh, so I just thought, some of the memories are really fun. Some of the things I, I'll, I'll never forget. Now, since we are, are somewhat out of it, you know, the kids are all flying around all over the place now at play dates and sleepovers and football, basketball practices. And so, I mean, there's there's certain aspects of it that I that are I kind of miss. miss yeah. um, just the camaraderie and the closeness that yeah, you're able can, to have I with them. I can relate them. to that. I spent yeah. a, lot of, a lot of time with my kids. And, yeah. uh, it was unique. You know, they yeah. didn't have anywhere they could go. True. So they had to spend time with dad. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. As a football player, how was it, though? It was strange. It, it was the first time in my life ever walking into a venue and that was built for 70,000 people and, and nobody was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could literally hear your coach telling you what to do or what the, what the play was or what they thought the play was on the <laughs> sideline. And it, it, was like, it was like being at practice almost. Um, but, you know, I, I, I give the NFL a lot of credit for being able to make sure no games were canceled and mm -hmm. be able to really um, do a good job of protecting the players and staff um, while our country was going through a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. And you know, talking to fans after the fact, you know, they really were appreciative, yeah. um, you know, just to be able to have something to do, something they can watch, something they can enjoy and yeah. have their fantasy football team yeah. still and do all of those things that they really love to do. So, um, you know, just from hearing from people, they were, they were elated that, you know, we were able to go through with the season and uh, it, was a, it, was a great, it was a great time. The thing I, I loved about it also was the fact that the players understood the importance of the fans. Oh, yeah. It's not just the game. Mm -hmm. It's it's all of us. Yeah. And without the fans, it's just never, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. And, you know, just the excitement and the passion that the fans have for, for sports is, is 
is unmatched. And, mm -hmm. you know, they couldn't be there with us physically, but you know they were watching us on TV and they were there with us in spirit. And, you know, we could feel their energy every time you go out um, around town to pick up the kids or whatever, you know, you would see the flags flying and um, just how proud they were um, of the team, even though they couldn't be there physically and support you. So this is probably the first year in 30 years? Yeah. That you haven't played football? Yeah. Yeah. How are you handling that? Um, it's, it's been a bit of an adjustment, you know. Um, we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, um, the way you kept the way you've kept score is different now. Mm -hmm. You know, you could always look at the scoreboard and see, are, am I winning? Um, am I have I won? Am I losing? Have I lost? You know, and, and everything you did was kind of just geared towards that. And now, you know, you, you trying to figure out is is you know, just being a great father is that the win, right? Or being a savvy um, Investor is that is is that the win or being a competent board member is that is is that the win you know and so just trying to navigate that and, and figure out what is um, what is most important to you you know mm -hmm. it's uh, it takes some time yeah, yeah yeah so speaking of investor I know you're invested in a lot of companies yeah. and you're, you're figuring out some some of the strategies that you want to deploy. Uh, but one that people may not know is that you're you're partial owner of the Phoenix Suns, mm -hmm. the basketball team. Yeah. How's that been? It's been amazing. It's been an unbelievable learning experience. You know, being on the on the player side, you don't get to understand much of the of the business aspects of sports, right? And so now being able to kind of so to speak look under the hood and see exactly how it works, why decisions are made. Um, you know the direction of the organization from a managerial position and, and leadership. It's uh, it, it's been a really, really great learning experience for me. It's, it's been fun. Both of both of our teams, the Suns and the Mercury, went to the finals last year. Awesome. Unfortunately, we, in both cases, we fell short. But uh, to be able to have those deep playoff runs and to see the city of Phoenix is really um, you know get behind you know the organizations and um, it, it was fantastic. And uh, the Cardinals are off to a great start this year. So you know you know both the teams and. And the, and the city are playing great right now, and it's a, it's a lot of excitement in, in, in the valley. Yeah, well, we uh, we know that here in Atlanta with the Braves, yeah. just oh, taking yeah. home the world title, yeah, which that. is uh, it lifted the whole mood of the community, For and that's sure. what that's what sports do. Yeah, it does, it does. It's a great unifier. Um, people don't worry about what religion you are, what race you are, or, or what your sexual orientation is. It's just we're here to support the team. We're together. And, and we're all together in this, and I, I love that. It's, it's a great unifier. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, tell me the story you've told me a while ago about. Frank uh, Bisagno, who got you started into business yeah. early in your career. I think it's a great, it's a great story. It's a great learning for people yeah. to kind of see a glimpse of you and why you're having some of the success you're having after the, the game now is over. Yeah. So I was, I was in New York. Um, it was in 2008, and I was there to watch the Suns ironically play against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. And a gentleman came up to me. I never, never met him before. And uh, he came up to me, introduced himself. He said, hi, I'm, I'm Frank Bizignano. Um, he was uh, working at J.P. Morgan at the time. And he said, I've, I've been following your career, and you know, I would love to get to know you a little bit better. And you know, from, from time to time, you're out, you, people tell you that. But there was something that was very sincere about him in the meeting and just how um, deliberate he was in our interaction. And so we exchanged emails, we stayed in touch, and um, he asked me to come back to New York and uh, would I be interested in, it, in an internship. And so I took him up on it and, and I learned from top to bottom, you know, of the banking industry. And it really, like, really, it's really spearheaded 
just my interest in, you know, just broadening my horizon and working on my range. And, you know, I, I'm very thankful for Frank um, because he didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't know me from Adam. And to, for him to take a chance um, on me, it, it, meant, it meant a lot to me. And uh, he's still one of my closest friends and, and advisors. Um, you know, unfortunately, now he's the CEO of Fiserv and they sponsor the Milwaukee Bucks Arena. And uh, <laughs> to be, you know, with him in a different capacity last year was 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 uh, was fun. Um, you know, he was happy that the Bucks won, and I was sad that the Bucks won. But <laughs> I was happy for a friend, and um, you know, he's been a wonderful friend. Yeah, you know. but you've leveraged that, right? Because you've done that with some other companies. Yeah, so I've I've done so every year after that, I would do internships at different organizations, and it would be from real estate to venture to private equity, mezzanine funding. Um, you know, you name it. I was just trying to get exposure in as many different fields as I possibly could to kind of see what was my what, what interests me. What what do you think I could do? Um, you know, after I was done playing, and the thing that I really loved about it is you got the chance to meet just people in all different walks of life, um, different industries, and it really just helped your your network and right. you know people you could talk to and bounce ideas off of and get really good sound advice and. Um, you know, if I don't do anything after, I've, I've made a lot of really, really good friends, yeah. which has been which has been amazing. Well, one of the things that's prepared you for, and people again probably don't know this about Larry, is on the board of his first big publicly uh, traded company, Dick's yeah. Sporting Goods. Yeah. And uh, you're board member for the last year or so. And yeah. I know it's, it was a learning for you, but at the yeah. same time, it's 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 incredible yeah. to be inside inside corporate America mm -hmm. and see how a great successful organization yeah. operates. It is. I mean, and, and under wonderful leadership yeah. and, and Ed Stack and Laura Herberts, I mean, they together have, have created a, an amazing culture um, and one that I've benefited from greatly just from learning from other board members and being able to be around their senior executives. Just unbelievable insight, um, wonderful people and just, uh, you know, gr great vision for the future and uh, to be able to sit in that room is it, truly a, a blessing um, and there's no wonder why the, the company is done the way it's done just with the people that they have surrounded themselves with and um, you know it's uh, it's been it's been a wonderful experience so uh, can I make you hum human for a bit I mean, you're, you're, you're a put-together person <laughs> yeah. you're, you're yeah. a humble person tell me about your first experience going into the boardroom it was it was very difficult uh, you know so I was still playing last year and uh, our first board meeting that I that I attended was in September and it was during the pandemic so it was everything was virtual and um, the part that was most most difficult because I hadn't started my NACDC classes yet um, started getting a little bit of coursework in board mm -hmm. in board study and um, you know being virtual you, you're hearing the meetings and you can't actually really participate um, and ask questions right and so it was it was tough um, to be able to do that and now I, I find myself so much better um, you know being able to understand the material and being able to sit down and talk to other board members about you know things that they said hey Manny what, what, what did you you said this in the, in the meeting can you can you explain that a little bit more in depth and why you were thinking that way or or uh, you know Mark, please, please explain that. Um, you know, you said that you know, we should be thinking this way. Why, why did, where did that come from? Why did you think that way? When you're on virtual, you just don't have the opportunity to ask those questions, and um, you kind of just gotta just put it in your head and, and wait until you can email them after the meeting. Right, right. But it, it doesn't help you at that point. So, um, it's, well, virtual, virtual is one part of it. Yes, but just going into the board environment, put virtual aside. I mean, because what I loved that you shared with me earlier was that you know you felt like you were intimidated oh, yeah. maybe for the first time in your life and at a real deep level yeah it, it was definitely intimidating because you're in a situation for the first time where like 
you're you're not the best, right? And you're you know you're very young in your in your life, and these people have been in these positions and running companies that have to do with retail for 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. and their understanding of, of subject matter is you know they're experts at it, and you're just now getting into it. Um, but what I learned is um, you know. If you put the work in, you study it, you read the material, you actually are diligent in, in your preparation, you know, you can really expedite the learning curve. And um, I feel so much more comfortable now um, in the setting, and, and I'm going to continue to improve because it's something I'm passionate about. And I just really, really love and enjoy being around the people that I'm in there. Okay. I think it's just a great learning for everyone. For sure. That, for you know, sure. No matter how successful you are, how many times you've been on the world stage, mm -hmm. there's still things to go learn. Yeah. It's still humble. Oh, for sure. Uh, to, to be intimidated mm -hmm. and to take, but you you learn about yourself mm -hmm. from a whole different vantage point and it's That's true. It, it's going to continue to move your career along further. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and it's, it's made me a lot more um, open to taking chances on myself, um, mm -hmm. you know, by taking this one position. And so uh, hopefully it just continue to, to help me, um, you know, continue to have that mindset. Yeah. 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 Well, one other thing we share in common is the uh, is the passion for breast cancer research and the sensitivity and the awareness. And yeah. I know you, know, you lost your mom mm -hmm. to the disease, and yeah. so many of us have been impacted by the disease. And at Delta, we we uh, our people do an amazing job putting their arms around yeah. our colleagues who have it, our family members who have it, and what we can do to to, to find a cure. Yeah. Uh, I know you're involved with that as well. Well, something that I've always been very passionate about and even before my mother passed away my mother worked in the in the breast cancer field ironically uh, for nonprofit organizations and you know just seeing so many women who were battling and struggling with it and my mom always was um, there and attentive and just so open to, to, to being there as a resource and then to be able to and then to be, to contract it, um, uh, you know, years back was was devastating to our family. But you know, we had unbelievable support and resources that we could lean on. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have um, enough to, to be able to save her life. But what she did leave was a lasting legacy of, of, of a fighting spirit. And you know, her, we started a foundation in her honor, the Carol Fisher Memorial Fund, that all the proceeds go back to um, you know causes and organizations that are directly involved in it. And you know, it's been a wonderful time to um, you know really just embrace the, the cause and I know back in the day when uh, we were playing the NFL would do a crucial catch campaign and to be able to see all the women um, who had beat breast cancer and all the women who were battling breast cancer holding the flag doing the national anthem always get me so emotional um, you know just to see the women so courageously battling and um, you know it makes me makes me very happy every October um, you know when I see those those purple banners and ribbons and pins and the kids, you know, even in my in my son's football games wearing wearing pink socks and I mean it just it just makes me very happy to know that people care. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So you grew up in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and we've got a big base of people yeah. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, you should probably say hello to them yeah. and tell me about your upbringing in Minneapolis and uh, uh, so I had a, I had a wonderful time, you know, growing up in Minneapolis. It's a blue collar city. And uh, my dad, he's been a sports journalist now for 43 years up wow. there. And so, you know, growing up with my dad, we used to do some really, really cool things. Take us down to Minnesota Twins games and get to go hang out at the ballpark and shag balls with Kirby Puckett and Dan Glavin and Chili Davis and Chuck Knobloch and uh, Ken Herbeck. You know, you just go on down the list of all these wonderful players you get the chance to be around. and. 
on the football side, my dad helped us become a ball boy, my brother and I from the Minnesota Vikings and hanging out with those guys. And, you know, it, it was a, it was an unbelievable time in my life. And, you know, even at that 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, I didn't know I was going to be a player in the National Football League when my aspirations were that. And to be able to see those great players and the way they prepared, the way they studied, the way they just went about their business, um, you know, most fans only get a chance to see greatness when they are displayed on TV, right? But to be able to see behind the scenes what makes them great was really unique. And, uh, you know, at 13 and 14, you, when you see Chris Carter staying 30 minutes after practice running routes, when he's already the best player in the National Football League at his position, it just shows you something something different. If you want to be great at what you do, you have to be intrinsically motivated and willing to do the extra when everybody else is not willing to do. And so, you know, those experiences, and then my mom on the non-for-profit side, you know, just being around and seeing just how compassionate she was and her willingness to just to be available um, was always something that, that that struck me. It's not like she, we had a lot of money to give to charity, but she would always give her time. And mm -hmm. and time is one of those things that, that you have to value because none of us know how much we have it. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Delta or you're an NFL player or you're in the camera crew. We all have 24 hours we a day. All the same time. That, that's it. And um, and what you choose to do and use it with um, is unique to you. Mm -hmm. And she always was a great example of showing that you know how valuable giving to others was to her. And it, it became a passion of my brother and my father as well. Yeah, and you're and you're still you still maintain a home home up oh, in yeah. the uh, Twin oh, yeah. Cities. Only when it's nice, though. I don't I don't <laughs> I, I don't like the, that cold weather. I was up there last week and it was in the in the evenings. It was in the 20s and in, in the high 30s. I said, I got to get out of here. I, you know, you, it's, this is not that's not my speed anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I always say I serve my time. <laughs> I want to learn a little bit about uh, Larry the dad. Um, what can you share about you? You mentioned you know during the pandemic, you had a little more time with your mm -hmm. boys. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah, and I, and I struggle that with myself with my kids. You know, it's it's you know we've 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 been fortunate, we've been blessed, mm -hmm. we've been successful. Uh, sometimes hard to grow up it is. as a kid with that success and yeah. that set of expectations. Yeah. And uh, um, how do you how do you deal with that? Well, I, I have three sons: Devin's thirteen, Apollo's eight, and Milo's five. And I think the toughest part for me was see, my oldest son loves football and mm -hmm. just plays receiver, does all the things that, that I did when I was his age. It's, it's not. It's not. I can't look at him and his progress through my through my lens, right. right? And that's not that's not fair. It's not fair to to him. Um, and I just tell him, you know, he comes to me like last week. They lost their playoff game to a really good team, and you know, he he dropped the ball. Unfortunately, he came to me. I was standing over there close during halftime. He said, he said, Dad, what you know what what happened? I said, Son, this is not the time right now. No, all you can do is just play the next play and. Now, later on, we'll talk about it, right? And so, you know, it's, it's important to be able to have those great lessons. And, and my dad was hard on me when I was young. He, he was like on me. And sometimes it, it wasn't always fun, you know, to be answering those questions. And so with my son, I try to like, kind of take a step back a little bit and just let him experience it the way he wants to experience. And, and if I want to coach him, I'll go around the way. I'll go to his coach and say, Coach, he, didn't, he needs to work on this. His, his routes are... He needs to come out of him a little quicker. He needs to drop his weight when he's running those curl patterns and, you know, get his hands up a little bit higher when he's attacking the football and tucking the football. And I don't tell him myself. I tell his coach. And his coach would tell him. And he said, Dad, coach told me, he told me uh, this at practice. I said, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good idea. I, would, <laughs> I, I think you should probably apply those, 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 those things coaches talk to you about. You know, so I try not to, you know, be too hard on him and, um, and just let him enjoy the experience. That's what it's all about. Um, Apollo. 
he's more of a like a techie young man. He's he's on his games. He loves to play, you know, Roblox and all these video games, and then like very savvy. And so, um, he plays sports, but I don't know how much he loves it. You know, <laughs> but he he does it because he's uh, his brothers do it, and and he and he and he saw me do it. But you know, I like I said, I have no, I have zero expectations for him. And my five year old got him swinging the clubs a little bit. He like he likes to play golf. Um, That's good. And so we go to Top Golf, and we'll go hit balls and you know it's it's great to be able to just to hang with them and see how yeah. different their personalities and their interests are and, and try to find ways to be able to you know just help them grow and and, and find ways to you know um, just help them do the things that they want to do and experience. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Larry thank you. Thank this you. This has been a great hour. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate it. you my friend and uh, well. welcome to the family. Thank you. Uh, as, as everyone gets a chance to get to, to know you a little bit better, the person, not just uh, the guy with the helmet on yeah. and uh, the incredible uh, uh, athlete that you are. Uh, people can see your heart. They can see into your soul. You, you, thank you for sharing that. Oh. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that you gave great inspiration to. And we're going to continue to work together and uh, do great things here at Delta. And our successes will be your successes likewise. And I think there's so much that we are coming out of this time. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many opportunities, you know, to go grab and to go do. And, you know, I just, I just hope everyone out there, you know, just continues to ensure that they're they're looking after each other, mm -hmm. they're remembering, you know, the lessons yes. of, of COVID, uh, remembering the you know the, those vulnerabilities, you know, kind of reaching out and, and helping people mm -hmm. in need, particularly this holiday season yes. coming up, and and knowing there's a lot of hurting people still, you know, people that have been really hurt and lost loved ones, and there's 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 a lot in the community. So I know we'll be doing that here at Delta. We we always try, but I know this holiday season will be that much more Absolutely. important to us. And I'm just thrilled to know that you're on the journey and. Uh, you're a good man and a good friend. Well, I appreciate it, and I feel the same way about you, Ed. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gaining Altitude. For more Gaining Altitude content, visit delta.com slash gainingaltitude. And while you're there, be sure to share your ideas for future conversations. Until then, thanks for listening.